The early church had an expectation that when they met, they were going to hear from God. People attended the assembling of the saints together because they, they couldn't wait to see what was going to happen. It says in the book of Acts that as the apostles gathered at Solomon's colonnade, that was a public courtyard at the temple site. You see, once they got filled with the Spirit of God, they no longer met in upper rooms in back chambers. They met out in public. And as they were at Solomon's colonnade, it said that the news of the church, the assembly had gathered there, that people would line the streets as the apostles walked in. And it says on one occasion, the shadow of Peter began to heal people as he was on his way to the church meeting. The presence of God. Could you imagine people who knew when the church met, they waited outside the doors to get whatever would come their way, whether it was a shadow of one who believed, but it was the anointing in the presence of God. There's an expectation when Paul wrote to the church at Corinth that you're to come with a word, a revelation, a prophecy, a tongue, an interpretation. There's something that's going to be spoken. There was an expectation of hearing from God when you came to the assembly, when you gathered together. The entire book of Corinthians is about how we assemble and have an expectation to hear what God's going to say. He was correcting the misuse and the out-of-orderness of that assembly so that they would properly hear the message. But there's an expectation when we come to the church, when we come to the assembly, when we come together, there's an expectation God is going to speak. That's the expectation. What's he going to say? What am I going to hear? What's he going to do? And that's what Paul told them. Tozer says this, God is speaking. Not God spoke, but God is speaking. He is by his nature continuously articulate. He fills the world with his speaking voice. Whoever will listen will hear the speaking of heaven. What have we done to the expectation of the assembly coming together and hearing God speak, waiting for a tongue, an interpretation, a prophecy, a word of revelation, a word of knowledge, a word spoken? What have we done with it? We've hired some guy to speech to give a speech. We've hired a guy to come and prepare and give us a talk. What's happened to the dyna dynamic presence of God in the assembly? I can tell you what's happened. It's too uncomfortable. It's too messy. We don't know what someone's going to say. So we shut it down to control it. We want to make sure everything's done decently and in order, but we've taken that statement of Paul to the nth degree to govern it to where I'm the only one who has a microphone that can speak. This is not the expectation. But I'll tell you, there's coming an hour and there's coming a day when the people of God are full of a revelation, full of a word. And God is going to minister in our midst. And, and God's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, put your hand on the person next to you and claim their healing. He's going to tell you to turn around and speak a word of a prophecy of edification to someone in the assembly. 
And this is going to be the body ministry. God is going to bring His assembly, His people, because God is speaking. Not that He used to speak. Do you see what we've done to the Word of God? We've neutered it to be past tense. This is the only way God speaks today. Through His Word. Think this out for a minute. Think this out for a minute. This is the only way. There are certain denominations, certain people, that the only way you can hear from God is hearing from His Word. Okay? So if the only way we can hear from God's Word is if we read the Word or someone speaks it to us, we can hear God. Well, what if my neighbor says it to me? Can't I hear it then? Right? So what if someone speaks out in some kind of gibberish and someone interprets and it's Scripture? Can't God speak to me then? No, only the hired man up front can speak the Word of God that you can hear from. You see, something's wrong here. God speaks in inspired speech. Yes, it's the Word of God. Yes, it's here. But He uses all of us to speak it. Under an unction of God at the right time to speak it. And of course we keep it in order. We keep it in such a way so that the congregation gets the best benefit from it. And that's what Paul was just speaking in 1 Corinthians 14. What is the best benefit to the congregation? Charles Simpson says this, a supernatural gospel is meant to accomplish supernatural results and needs a supernatural power behind it and behind its messengers. We need to be a supernatural people. But we're too afraid of that because we think the supernatural means we're going to act goofy and be silly and, and, and speak out things that we have no control over. The supernatural is simply the Spirit of God who gives you a thought, who gives you an impression, who gives you an unction to speak and to say. You've had children, most of you. You've, you've been under the unction of parenting. You see your child do something, and under the unction of parenting, you say, don't touch that. What made you say it? What gave you the confidence to tell that child, don't do that? Come over here. Sit up. Stop playing with your food. What gives you that unction, that sense of, the, of parenting, of the well-being? And that's what the spirit of prophecy is. The spirit of well-being, the spirit of edification, the presence of Christ for someone. All of you, Paul says, I want all of you to prophesy. I want all of you to speak in tongues. I want all of you to prophesy. Why? Because we need a supernatural church who is speaking under a supernatural unction at the right time. It doesn't have to be all quivery when you're in Kmart and the person in front of you and God gives you a word. You don't have to go, I've got a word for you. Glory. They're going to leave. But under the unction of God, you could tap him on the shoulder and say, are you okay? Because I have the sense that you need to know God loves you. Word of prophecy right then and there. An unction of God spoken at the right time. This is what the church needs. And when we assemble, we should expect to hear from God. Not because you hired me to give you a lesson. But because the Spirit of God is present, we cried out to God this morning, Holy Spirit, come. I need you, Holy Spirit. You're welcome in this place. Did you mean it? If He's welcome in this place, can He do what He wants? Can He use who He wants? That means you. 
So we've got to avail ourselves to that ministry of being used by God. Have an expectation to be used by God. Spiritual gifts are that power to be used in a supernatural way. They're given to all. Gifts are given to all. And 1 Corinthians 14 talks and instructs the congregation in how to function so that you will hear the voice of God. That's what 1 Corinthians 14 is all about. Listen, we talk about, well, does it mean tongues? Does it mean prophecy? Does it mean tongues is better than prophecy? Does it mean there's a prayer language and then there's the gift of tongues and prophecy? Yeah, all that for one reason. Tell me the reason. To hear from God. We talk about all this. It's like talking about a phone. I have my phone with me. This is my phone. I've got 37 numbers in it. My phone can also play music. My phone can do this. Call someone. What good is it? 1 Corinthians 14 is all about one thing. What? God talking to us. Then why aren't we using it? Pick up the phone. Right? Let God speak to us. Let God speak in tongues. Let someone interpret. Let someone prophesy. Let someone give a word of revelation. And we do. We have that expectation in this church. But what I needed is an expectation in you that you're going to be the guy. Or you're going to be the girl. Oh, oh, I can't do that. Why not? Because I'm not that kind of person. I'm not that kind. Do you have a mouth then you're that kind of person. Again, it'll take on your personality and your, as an instrument, maybe you're a flute, maybe you're an oboe, maybe you're a tuba, I don't know. But he'll play your instrument in your manner and in your style. But please be available. Be available. 1 Corinthians 14 is all about this. He says, these verses, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for what? Their strengthening, their encouragement, and their comfort. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Have you ever availed yourself to the Lord to encourage someone? Well, I've encouraged someone. I don't know if it was by the Lord. And that's just a simple matter of can you bless someone with a good encouraging word? How many of you need encouragement today? How many of you need a word that says, hey, you're doing a great job? Oh my gosh, four of you. Seven of you. And two hands up in the back. Somebody tell Kevin he's doing all right. Could you imagine if we walked in the spirit of encouragement? That is, that is an unction of the Holy Spirit. Today, after church, when you go out to Myers or you go out to Big Boy or you go out to wherever you are, you say, I want to have a spirit of encouragement about me. I'm going to have a spirit of encouragement. So when your waitress comes to the table, you're just all about encouraging her. Well, that's not prophecy. That doesn't sound like thus saith the Lord. It's a spirit of prophecy. It's Jesus. Look, at prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. It's Him in the presence. So you're his mouthpiece. So when she comes and she's all frazzled because all the church people are there and they're lousy tippers and they're at the table, you give her a word of encouragement. You speak well to her. Can you do it in church? Encourage. Can you strengthen, edify, build them up, build them up? Can you comfort them? That's Jesus. Have Jesus in your mouths. Be available. 
This is speaking for God. It's an expectation God's going to speak. We've got more wounded people who come to church because they're not getting prophetic words of encouragement, comfort, and exhortation. They're getting criticisms. Who's that in your mouth? The accuser or your flesh or your just grumpy old self. I have an expectation I want to hear from God. I want this to be such a place that when people come into this place, they are getting a word of prophecy. They are getting a word of encouragement. They are getting one. It may have some level of revelation, some level of a word of knowledge, or it may not. It may just simply be a sweet word. I want people to come into this assembly feeling Jesus. That means He's got to come out of our mouths. Paul goes on and says, try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. So what do we got to be excellent at? We've really got to be good at this. We've got to be so good at what? Building up, not tearing down. Stop the gossip. Stop the slander. Stop the the complaining. I am so tired of this church build. Walls where they shouldn't be. Open ceilings and it's all wires everywhere. But... I don't need to complain about it. It's getting done, thank God. But we complain about everything. And we've got to change that. Excel at gifts that build up. Excel at gifts that build up. I have an expectation when I'm coming to church, I'm going to get built up. I'm going to get built up. God's going to speak to me about building me up. So all these things must be done for the strengthening of the church. That's what he's saying. There's a strengthening. So when we meet together, Jesus wants to do one thing. What is it? Strengthen us. What is his vehicle to strengthen us? Speak to us. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation, revelation, words of knowledge. That's 1 Corinthians 14. It keeps talking about... Hey, buddy. Thank you. Uh, talking and encouraging, speaking. These are all about the vocal gifts. And all the vocal gifts in chapter 14 are for the strengthening of the church, the strengthening of the church, the strengthening of the church. What the enemy has successfully done is muted the church, muted people, and told us to be quiet in the church. And so there's no strengthening in the church. There's weakness in the church because we don't even talk to each other. We don't edify. But 1 Corinthians 14 is Jesus talking to his people. I want you to ask your friends, when they went to church, did Jesus talk to them? They'll look at you with wide eyes going, what are you talking about? At my church, Jesus talks to me. That's what I want in this church. Does anybody else want this? Do you want to come to church and know Jesus spoke? I love it. I get calls in the middle of the week. Pastor, the word of prophecy that came forth was exactly what I needed. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge came forth. Someone spoke it out. And it was just what I needed. It was just what was spoken. It's like, yes, God's speaking in our midst. Amen? And so we need this. God is speaking. He's speaking to His bride. What kind of relationship is it when no one speaks? And so the... Look look at what Paul says. Ultimately, this is what he wants when in the assembly comes together. If an unbeliever, someone who does not know or uh, uh, does not understand, comes in while everybody's prophesying, he'll be convinced by all that he's a sinner and will be judged by all, and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he'll fall down and worship God, saying, God is really in this place. That's an expectation that Paul put out there. Am I making this up? 
This is what Paul had as an expectation for the local church. That when unsaved people come in, well, I guess we've got to invite them, shouldn't we? Nobody unsaved comes. Invite them in. Why? Because you can tell them you're going to hear from God. God's going God's to speak to you. If you come to my church, God's going to speak to you. How many of you have that confidence? See, that's what I'm talking about. We've got to get that. We've got to get that. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to speak. So that next week, you're not ashamed of it. You're not embarrassed by it. People talk about, oh, you Christians and this and that. And you're going, man, come on to my church. God will talk to you. God's going to talk to you. I tell you, God's going to talk to you. You come to my church. Because that's the expectation Paul had of every local assembly. That when the sinner comes in, he's going to be among the people and among the praise and the worship and among the prophecies, among the tongues interpretations, among the revelations and the word of knowledge. God is going to speak to them. They're going to have such a reaction, get this, such a physical reaction to the presence of God speaking among the assembly. He'll get on his knees and say, oh my God, I'm a sinner. God is among these people. Now, they may never come back because they're scared to death of this weirdness or they think is weirdness. What it is is otherworldly. It's heavenly. It's spirit realm stuff. You know what cracks me up? People go to movies to watch ghost pictures. They like getting scared. I see ghost movies and all these scary things. You want them really scared? Invite them to church. Spirit of God starts moving, they freak out. So there's got to be a reality. Look at what the statement is. The statement of an unbeliever coming into a Christian assembly is this. God is what? God is what? Really. Really. What does that mean? There's evidence. Faith is what? A substance. An evidence. You can walk in most churches, and, and maybe ours. I'm not, please, I'm not trying to elevate us among any other church. I'm trying to give us a pattern to shoot for, to excel for. Paul said, excel for this. And this is what we're excelling for. But you can go into any local church and not know that God is really among them. You can't tell it between a Jehovah Witness church, a Mormon church, uh, any other kind of a church. I want to excel at God speaking in our midst. Some of you aren't going to like it because it's supernatural. But I'm telling you, why are Christians nervous about the supernatural? We've eked it out, we've milked it out, we've strained it out so that we can be, again, just decent common folks that attracts everybody. Look at the whole seeker movement. What did we do with the seeker movement in the church? So that no unbeliever would say God's really among you and fall down, but so that they'd be comfortable. That's the opposite of the expectation of the Word of God. I'm, I'm laboring it, I'm sorry, but there's an expectation here. God is what? Really. That's what I want to leave here from. Sundays, Wednesdays, prayer meetings, classes, whatever it is. I want us to leave this building with one phrase. God is really among us. It's not the building. 
It's not because we have religious paraphernalia on the walls and we feel holy. It's among us. It takes place at your house. It's in your car. God is what? Really. Really among us. God is really among us. Now how does that happen? Paul highlights a few of the gifts. He says that there are going to be vocal gifts. Why? Because he's speaking to his people to edify and build them up so that they know he's really there. Two ways to do that is to prophesy and to speak in tongues. Those are the two main things. There's also word of knowledge. Uh, There's also word of wisdom. Uh, There's also revelations. Those are all oral, spoken out, in turn, in the assembly, during that worship time, during the time the assembly meets together or prayer meeting. Could be worship, doesn't have to be worship. We don't have to work this up. This is a work of the Spirit. Is the Spirit of God in the believer? Then maturely, we can operate in the gifts anytime. And they come forth. So what's the difference between tongues? Tongues is for self-edification. He says this, I'll take you through 1 Corinthians 14. I'll just give you highlights. Number one, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That's a Holy Spirit prayer language that is edifying. It's building you up. It says that anyone who speaks in a tongue speaks to God. He utters mysteries in his spirit. No one else understands that language. It's a prayer language between you and God. It's building you up. You're speaking mysteries to God, and God is speaking unto you. The Spirit of God is speaking. That's available. He says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue, he doesn't speak to men, but to God. So speaking out in tongues is not for everyone to hear. This is for you for your own prayer language and edification, right? But if I pray in a tongue, he says, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, my spirit prays. This isn't your cognitive reasoning praying. This is the Spirit of God praying through you. My mind is unfruitful. So this isn't a dialect coming from my origin of thinking. It's coming from the origin of the Spirit dwelling in me. That's active. It's real. It's available. If I pray, uh, so what shall I do? He says, I'll pray with my spirit. I'll pray with my mind. Isn't that interesting? He's talking about using the spirit as the same way you do your vocal cords. It's it's an instrument to use. He's saying, what shall we do then? I'm going to use my intellect, my reasoning. I'm going to speak with my what? Mind. I will pray with my spirit and I'll pray with my mind. I'm going to cognitively reason what to pray and I'm also going to use the Holy Spirit to pray. It's available. And for many of us, if I could use this, this is only an analogy, I don't, believe, I don't believe this, but the Holy Spirit can be used as a muscle or as your vocal cord, right? You use your mind as a muscle to think, right? Forgive me if that's a poor analogy word, but it's the best I can come up with right now. My mind as the muscle, as the catalyst to speak, I can use my spirit as the catalyst to speak. All right? Let me give you an analogy that'll help you. How many of you laugh? Many times laughs are what? Spontaneous, aren't they? Where do they come from? In your mind, you say, I'm going to go, ha, ha, he, he. 
No, seriously, you just did it right now. Did you think I'm going to go ho, 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 or ha, 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 or <laughs> He did it right now. Spontaneous. Where'd that come from, and what does that mean? I'm serious. What does it mean? What does ha, ha, ha mean? Anybody? It doesn't mean anything. But it means something. Right? It's valuable. Yeah, it has a function and a purpose behind it. How many of you cry here? Anybody cry? Now, how many of you in your reasoning go, I'm going to say boo-hoo, wah-wah? None of us do. Where does it come from? It's a soul. It's a soul thing. So you don't have any problem with someone crying, making utterances out of their soul. You don't question that for a second. He's crying. I guess I should help and comfort. He's laughing. And usually, what does laughing make you do? <laughs> it comes out, right? It's contagious. Yet, it is spontaneous. It is brought out. We don't have anybody complaining about it. We don't say, that's unnatural, that's of the devil, or this or that. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. And there are times the Holy Spirit is so welled up with the will and purpose of God for your life, He wants to be released and it is, I'm going to pray with my mind, and I'm going to pray with my spirit. So much so, I'm going to sing with my mind. I'm going to sing with my spirit. It is available to everyone who has the Holy Spirit in them to use and to function to edify you and build you up with God. He says this, Paul says, I want you all to speak in tongues. So if you have a question as to whether, yeah, but Paul said, is tongues are all the gifts for everybody. Paul's not talking about the gifts here. He's talking about your prayer language, tongues. No, all do not speak with the gift of tongues for the assembly. But he said, I want all of you to speak in tongues. Either that is a contradiction or it's the dividing line between prayer language and the public gift for the body. One is a prayer language, one's a gift for the body. Okay, do you get this? All right, so he's not contradicting himself and he says... I want you all to speak in tongues. Look at the translation. No, it says, I wish that you all... What what do you think he's doing? I wish, I wish, I wish. You can't, but I wish you could. No! Look at the Greek. It's emphatic. I want. It is my desire. I want everyone in Corinth to pray in tongues. So as Paul says it, as your pastor, I desire it. I say it over this congregation. I want you all to pray in tongues. That's what I want. Why? It's God speaking. Then last of all, he says, do not forbid speaking in tongues. Wow. So there is edification going on. Now, what about the gift of tongues for the body? The gift of tongues and interpretation, he says this, he who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless the one who speaks in tongues interprets so that the church may be edified. So tongues in prayer life doesn't benefit the church. Prophecy does because everybody understands it in their dialect. So prophecy is better than tongues unless tongues has an interpretation. Then it is elevated to the same as prophecy because there's now understanding to the tongue given. There's an interpretation. So now tongues and interpretation is equal to prophecy. And what is its function? What does it do? It's speaking. It's Jesus speaking to us. That's the whole purpose. 
Let's, let's not get away from the full point of why any of this is in discussion. Because the expectation is, when I go to the assembly, when I come to church, or when the people gather together, I'm going to hear from God. That's the expectation. That's the expectation. I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's what Paul said. Nevertheless, in church, I'd rather have five words spoken by my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Because again, if there's no interpretation, it's personal, it doesn't matter to anybody else. So what's the point of that? Clarity. Clarity. So that when you leave, you know you heard from the Lord. Not just somebody's response to God, but you heard a message from God. Either through prophecy or tongues and interpretation, revelation or a word of knowledge. But you've got to hear from God. Again, the expectation is what? To hear from God. And today, we've relegated it to the guy you pay up front. I'm not trying to put myself out of a job. But I would rather... I would rather quit my job, in all honesty, if I can get this. I will. I'll quit tomorrow. I really will. If we can get this. You won't need me. That'll be great. But let's go on. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in the church and speak to himself and God. Now that's an interesting phrase, isn't it? If you're speaking in tongues, keep silent and speak. What? How do you do that? How am I supposed to keep silent and speak to God? Well, I do it in my head. No, 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 no. This is oral speech. This is speech. It comes out of your mouth. What he means by silent, you have to look at the language, the original language. What he says by be silent, he says bring it down. Bring it into the level of the praise. Bring it into the level of speaking. Not declaring orating over the others as a tongue and interpretation would be. If it's a tongue for your prayer language, it doesn't speak out over everyone else. So this is what God has. Now this is an instruction in tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. Prophecy is really easy. By the unction of God, you speak out a word. Now we test them and we approve them. See, that's why I don't want to speak. You're going to test me. No, no. Just as it lines up with Scripture. That's all. Lines up with Scripture. It has to have the essence of Scripture. God loves you. That's a prophetic word. If you feel the unction, and, and, and it's funny because a lot of times people will say, you know, all I ever hear is the same old interpretations. But again, there are people in this congregation that need to hear God loves them because they're under such shame and guilt and conviction that they failed God that that average uh, 101 prophecy is essential to their soul. And we go, why don't we get anything deeper? Like the fifth rider of the uh, book of Revelation, the fourth rider is this and that, and tomorrow you'll see him in Detroit. So stay away from Shane in second. You know, that's what I want. But someone else in the back needs to hear it. You might say, oh my children, I love you, come near to me. Yeah, I heard that a million times. Yeah, well what if you as dad said that to your daughter, oh my child, I need you, I love you, come here honey. What is that child going to do? Daddy loves me. Let's stop being critical about the prophecies and let's all start prophesying. Paul said you would all prophesy. Why? I'll finish this message. Because God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to us. 
through prophecy, through tongues, through words of exhortation. They don't have to be flamboyant. They don't have to be outrageous. They can be or they can be simple. They can be very simple, but under the unction of God, the Spirit speaks through utterances given to us. We must have this expectation. We must believe for it. You must prepare for it. And you must want to be used. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to challenge you. How many of you will admit you want to be used by the Holy Spirit to speak under the unction of God? So, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you're not ready for it, you don't have to do that. I understand that. But if you're ready for it, by you standing, you are saying, use me as a mouthpiece, Holy Spirit. All right? I'm going to make it that simple. If that's your prayer, stand up. I want you to look around right now. Look around. See how many people. What if we came in and every one of you had a word of prophecy? I don't need to speak. Band don't need to play. What would begin happening? Lift your hands up as an unction to God, as as a purpose to God. Father God, I pray right now, everybody that stood up is wanting what is expected in 1 Corinthians 14, what is expected in the New Testament church. Everyone that stood up said, I want to be used by the Holy Spirit as a mouthpiece for God. Use me to prophesy. Use me to speak in tongues. Use me to interpret. Use me for a word of knowledge. Use me for a word of revelation. If you agree with that, would you say amen? Amen. Now say it with me. Dear Dear Jesus, I make myself available to the Holy Spirit. Use me as a mouthpiece to prophesy, to speak in tongues, to interpret, to speak a word of revelation, speak a word of wisdom, and to speak a word of knowledge. Teach me and use me. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.